Hello, and welcome to another edition of Dementia Dialogue. My name is Lisa Loisel, and I will be hosting a two-part series about community engagement and people with lived experience of dementia. I have with me today Andrea Montero. And Andrea, thank you for joining me today on Dementia Dialogue. We were talking um, in the last episode with Lynn Jackson and Allison Finney about the uh, Building Capacity Project. So I'm uh, thankful that you're here to continue this conversation. So yeah, welcome. It's a real pleasure being here and uh, especially after um, Lynn and Allison's talk. Thank you, Lisa, for having me. It's always wonderful to have an opportunity to talk about uh, the, the living piece of, uh, of a project uh, on the ground um, of uh, building capacity for people with lived experience of dementia. What has the experience been like for you over the last year working with the Building Capacity Project? First and foremost, what stands out to me is the relationship building that uh, without uh, that piece, uh, it's, it's maybe the process and the engagement isn't as authentic. So to me, it has been getting uh, to know the different uh, uh, organizations, community groups. We have engagement with the Westside Seniors Hub, who is our partner. And from them into in community, we engage with uh, churches, with uh, senior centers, with uh, a, a seniors day program, programs, residential associations, the library, the local library, uh, neighborhood houses. So uh, those are, it gives a flavor of, uh, of how unique each is, although they are all in the same area, is uh, the west side of Vancouver. But they're unique uh, with a unique confluence of peoples, of experiences, of needs. Um, so it's been a real pleasure and also to work as a team and, uh, and to sort of to bridge the academic on the ground uh, a, you know, um, divide, uh, I'd say. So it's, yes, it's it's rewarding, it, but it's also not always easy, specifically with a topic that uh, is infused with, uh, um, with stigma, uh, with fear. So I think that uh, uh, I like to see uh, myself and our team as a group that holds this space um, uh, for whatever is needed, really. It's not uh, coming with an agenda, but uh, but holding the space uh, for folks to have uh, the conversations that uh, they wish and that they need. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really important because when you talk about the stigma um, surrounding dementia itself, it really does make people shy away from those conversations. And so to have that bridge, you and um, Lynn, uh, specifically, we're talking to Lynn last week, you know, having um, that bridge to, you know, open the door to that conversation and allow people to have a better idea or to have that conversation about the experience of somebody living with dementia or, you know, um, learning from you know how can you how can you engage somebody living with dementia in your program it's it's a really important step um, just to build those bridges because a lot of people won't just reach out 
and say, hey, um, you kind of have to build, you have to build that bridge for people to, um, you know, to meet in the middle. So how did you get started um, in the work that you do and specifically with this project? Yes, uh, I was uh, lucky enough that uh, I didn't start uh, the project. When I entered, there was a fertile ground, I would say, that had happened during the pandemic. Uh, communities had, um, through the Westside Seniors Hub, as Alison has brought to us, uh, you know, the, the genesis of uh, the building capacity project. Uh, so by the time I came, I think that we identified uh, a, that folks were actually folks on those organizations, meaning um, the service providers, the groups at the organization, not people who are served by those organizations, but the organizations, folks in the organizations themselves uh, uh, were really ready to have uh, sort of the, the talk, the conversation. I remember um, in the beginning of the year, we were at a, a conference, a summit, and um, one of the community members were um, there and asked one of the action members, how do we talk about dementia at our organizations? So I think that was behind a lot of the questions of, of folks. They were ready, they had engaged enough, but it was just overcoming the, the big elephant, elephant in the room. How is it that we talk about? Do we ask people directly? And I remember this advocate's response was, you ask them how their day are going. You ask them how's their garden going. You know, and it's just like you, you could sense the shoulders dropping and a big relief that uh, that in fact they they were equipped already to to have those conversations. You know, I'm talking about a neighborhood house, for example, that has lots of programs uh, throughout the week for the seniors uh, and potentially uh, uh, some uh, with lived experience of dementia. So you, you could feel the tension in most of the groups with that question uh, uh, in particular. How do we even talk? Do we, we ask directly? Yeah. Do we? So we, we held a round table we called the with exactly this topic where we brought together. Uh, uh, as you know, um, Alison has uh, um, shared uh, uh, the building capacity project is uh, it's within two sites, uh, Thunder Bay and uh, um, Vancouver. And we just, we came, I uh, see at that time, uh, it was virtually, we came together and sat with that question and using the flipping stigma toolkit that uh, was also discussed in, uh, previously, uh, using that as a point of dialogue. We also understood and we brought someone uh, into the group to be the facilitator of those conversations. And ever since uh, she has joined us and uh, it, it goes, uh, we go as a team, really. We have a project manager, we have a training person, myself as the research coordinator and, uh, and someone uh, with lived experience. That day, I think a lot of them first were able to to see themselves reflected on each other with the questions that came up. It's not only us that are afraid of talking. Wow, this other group as well. And others had particular uh, things that were catered to, to their particular scenario. For example, 
they wanted to know because their programming um, was uh, bilingual and there were cultural issues attached to it. They wanted to know things like uh, what does uh, it mean to be uh, to to be a caregiver in the long distance in caregiving. Mm, yeah. What would what is that? Uh, because that's the experience that our community members are having. And uh, where other groups, for example, the day um, senior service, they they had um, particular groups because it, they were very uh, different, uh, very particular group where the majority of them had one way or another uh, a diagnosis of, of dementia. It was different for all of them with the commonality of we can just talk about it and we can just engage and uh, and we can just be, <laughs> if that makes sense. In the work that you're doing with the Building Capacity Project, my conversation with Allison and with Lynn, it was about the some of the challenges of getting people to the table. So the different communities presented different challenges. And what I'm sharing is really more a witnessing to their processes and uh, being that sounding board and all of that. I just want to say off the bat, those wouldn't be mine per se uh, to share, but as a witness, some examples of the challenges. So overcoming that big challenge, challenge of uh, how do we talk, some groups uh, uh, said uh, we really need, and I think it was discussed by by the three of you in the last podcast as well, the importance of education, of whatever we call it, the training. So um, Lynn has uh, talked beautifully what it was like for her to participate. So I can share a little bit of uh, how it was received because we've had these conversations with partners mm. and the seniors day program, for example, where um, I, I, more than, I'd say, 90% of their, uh, the folks who attend their program uh, have uh, um, a, a, some form of dementia and uh, in, in a, an advanced state. What stood out for them, for that group, was seeing Lynn and remembering that their clients um, also had lives, what that life could be like. There, there was a sense of, uh, of uh, uh, what is it that we don't know, and yet we are here every day about uh, these people's lives, that that conversation, looking at uh, the Flipping Stigma Toolkit, uh, the clips that comes in that, uh, having leaned there, generously sharing of her life and experience just reminded the many staff members that uh, that's the other side of a coin that is reality for each individual that attends their program and I, I just I just marveled at that that this is not a small thing to realize yeah. you know this potentially shifts your relationship to someone or the way you engage as a, and as a nurse I that drew me back to taking students to extended care facilities, for example, where uh, it seems that we get a one picture only mm. of uh, that time of life or of whichever diagnosis we are talking about. And that goes to explain also what was said so much about stigma. Mm. You know, when we talk about dementia, what is the picture that comes to mind? So for that particular group, uh, I just uh, stood back and uh, and uh, 
and admire the multitude. And we don't think of it as big, but it's a big awareness to have, you know, in the everyday kind of. That shifts uh, practitioners' perspectives uh, uh, of, uh, of what they are missing out yeah. by the everyday tasks and uh, the automatized uh, way that we go about. I know that in nursing, that, that is the case. You know, the amount of things that constrains a nurse's ability uh, as in time, in things to do, in pandemic, in, in, and you add, add, and add. To have uh, that piece that is so rewarding, as we were talking about. The other example is, is the neighborhood house, um, our local neighborhood house. The movement uh, there that I witnessed. First of all, I will go back just uh, just a little bit to say, mm-hmm. to add to the challenges that were presented uh, by Alison and by Lynn, mm-hmm. to add staff turnover during the pandemic. Right. Uh, I don't think that that was mentioned, and I'd like to to highlight that because um, with uh, in a few partners experienced that, and that's a real setback um, for anybody because that staff that leaves leaves relationships, leaves context, leaves the history of the project and the things that uh, you know, and it's it's basically it sets people to start all over again. Right for all sorts of different reasons, you know, uh, uh, that kind of uh, trajectory is missed. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, that's another point that I'd say that us as a team, we could uh, we could provide the historical context mm-hmm. uh, to say this is this is your group is already familiar with this and that. Uh, and you have these relationships with other members of the community. Uh, just as a reminder, if that wasn't picked up by that transition. So that was a big thing to mention. And then going back to um, to that process that we were talking about of uh, after that sort of event of, uh, okay, we can talk about it. Some groups felt the need of knowing a little bit more that, that the material that they, they had engaged with that uh, were provided two years prior happened so far away that they sort of uh, thought, uh, uh, so this neighborhood house had uh, the entire staff one day after uh, the day center was closed. So from all, all, from the daycare to better at home programs to seniors programming for the neighborhood house, everybody, including the ED and the, um, a, a, the volunteer coordinator, the front desk. So imagine uh, uh, this is this is what an opportunity, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so we had, um, and Lynn was also part of it. We had uh, Anya, who is training, um, is in that training capacity, facilitate our day uh, using again the flipping stigma uh, toolkit as a point of conversation. You could see how important uh, we broke down into into different tables and we had questions to prompt uh, or to to kind of uh, place in people's frameworks to give time. It's, it's not just a, it's a real applied uh, experience. And I remember being at the table with Lynn, actually, and uh, we all had the opportunity to share what engagement with the topic of dementia did we have? Were they per- personal? Were they professional? So it started from that place. And from there was such a rich discussion because uh, these were all people who worked at the same institution or organization. 
and things that they didn't know about each other, things that uh, that were intergenerational that they could see having those conversations afterwards uh, between those who work in the child. How how could you could just see the wheels turning of uh, how can we continue the conversation that we started today on a practical level uh, within them. And for that group, um, I know that they tried very hard actually to, to uh, create a focus group uh, of people with lived experience uh, to inform them their programming. And uh, I could really feel what Lynn was talking about, what Alison was talking about, about uh, the difficulties of, uh, okay, we are ready um, uh, to, to uh, be informed by folks with lived experience. Now, how do we do that? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they've promoted in different ways um, that. I have to mention as well that uh, they have uh, an intern that... Uh, I think that has really contributed to some conversations there. Um, uh, this uh, uh, woman is from the Netherlands. And when we first, uh, and is there in a student experience, but uh, when the, she first heard the, um, issues like stigma around dementia, she just really couldn't get her head around it. She said, uh, why would that be a stigma? You know, from her experiences growing up, uh, this is part of the conversation since she was a, ch- she was a child. And uh, that was so helpful because, because it was very much a, a, a someone who, who wasn't afraid of not knowing how to talk about it, mm-hmm. you know? And, uh, and there was a lovely addition to that team, I think. So back to the, to the trying to uh, recruit participants to inform their programming. They tried the flyers, posters in the neighborhood, online, sort of lots of different ways to hear and to to recruit folks to inform them, to participate, to sit at the table. And it has proved a very difficult. Um, so the, the, where they are at now is that... Uh, uh, those who, for some reason, didn't make, they had different, uh, um, a, a care partner here, someone who had worked there, or someone with lived experience who no longer feels that uh, that uh, they are at a place uh, to mobilize or to contribute. They are now going to people's homes to have those conversations instead of waiting for them to to come. So this is just one alternative, uh, uh, and hopefully it will bear fruits uh, uh, of uh, sitting with it for enough time to to give it uh, time to flourish. <laughs> the seeds that has been planted, uh, and you know, it's it's really. It's a slow process and uh, it has different uh, fluidity and uh, time to mature in each of the, the, it's not a unified, I could never Mm -hmm. talk about it uh, as a witness, as one whole process, you know, but but a very fluid uh, overcoming what comes. Uh, Lynn spoke about, which I I, I loved, about the piece of uh, of caregiveness, care partners, readiness or uh, the importance of care partners in their relationship uh, um, to to supporting folks with lived experience to participate. I will add to that uh, champions 
at those organizations, they are essential, essential uh, uh, for the continuity of uh, of uh, 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 of this growing dialogue and being ready for the growing peace to go back to level to zero again. You know, it's mm -hmm. really not a linear trajectory. Um, it comes with uh, lots of uh, setbacks and uh, difficulties and uh, and life happening for everybody. I would like to add that I think that these this groups are going to continue having the conversations that they need to continue to have and the growth and the understanding that uh, each of them uh, in their own way need to have. And uh, another thing that I haven't mentioned is that uh, uh, there is great communication around this topic amongst themselves. Mm -hmm. That uh, three of these partners, for example, had projects together around a community garden or different uh, park projects, the resident, community residents association, the senior center and the neighborhood house actually exchanged quite a bit. And also they exchanged uh, one event of using uh, the bus that sparked outside the seniors day program they were able to get a volunteer driver and to make the connection and actually use the bus and pick up uh, seniors from the different organizations. And that's also fruit of, uh, of their, their it's, we call it because it was based on the garden, a cross-pollination of, uh, of, of the project, uh, you know, and also the place of the Westside Seniors Hub that we were talking with the library today and uh, what was said, there was that uh, the Westside Seniors Hub and the people who participate in it provide an essential community board of uh, sharing ideas, experiences of connecting as a great connector of that community. Um, mm -hmm. So all of that uh, are just one part in all uh, that is uh, already at place uh, um, uh, at the community. So it's, this is also very um, hopeful to see and to to witness and to and whatever comes next as well, uh, uh, leaving the door to 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 how the project will unfold and will continue or morph and the, the communities are the same. Well, I appreciate your time very much, and uh, thank you for diving into this a little bit deeper. Uh, about the project and talking about some of the learnings and what you've witnessed, which is really important. Thank you for your time, Andrea. Thank you, Lisa. If you would like to get in touch or have our episodes delivered to your inbox, write to us at dementia.dialogue at lakeheadu.ca. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Thanks to the Center for Education and Research on Aging and Health at Lakehead University our institutional partner, and to the Public Health Agency of Canada for its financial support. Thanks for listening. My name is Lisa Loisel.